0: You are listening to the podcast from Mosaic Church. Stay tuned to it for more info about how to get and stay connected with our church family. Now, let's dive into this week's message. Thank you, Jesus. It's so good to be here with y'all. I am Roslyn, pastor of mission and adult education here at Mosaic Church Austin, and I'm grateful for this family. Y'all, camp was amazing. As you can see, I got to share with them on Tuesday night and my life will never be the same after being with these kids for this week. I'm still on a camp high, so if I get off, y'all gotta forgive me, it's not my fault. Well, happy Sunday, if you're online, wherever, whenever you're watching, thank you for joining us. Just welcome y'all, this past week, It's just a phenomenal time with our kids. We have some amazing leaders, Pastor Wendell, Pastor Alyssa, Tony, Philip, Elon, Monet, all the counselors, if I start naming people, I'm just gonna forget people's names. We have a tremendous group of counselors, leaders that went and ministered to our our children. Y'all have some awesome kids. If you sit a kid to the camp, they are amazing. We're so grateful for the family that God has put us in here. Um, shout out to our seniors. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. They are tremendous leaders in their own right. Somehow, they coerced me into going whitewater rafting. Yeah, did. Yeah, did. I, did I did, along the Rio Grande in New Mexico. And <laughs> I told them that the pressure I was feeling, it couldn't be peer pressure because they're half my, less than half my age. And so they politely... <laughs> told me that it wasn't peer pressure. They were encouraged my, encouraging my youthfulness. <laughs> Who can say no to that? Needless to say, there may be a, a whitewater rafting analogy coming to a sermon near you. <laughs> I got to use it. I can't waste that. Uh, but I'm back in one piece. Praise God. But again, welcome today. We're continuing in our series, Return to Me. We're looking at the heart of God through a group of people called the Minor Prophets. And today, we get to take a look at what the Hebrew prophet Habakkuk teaches us about the heart of God. Father, thank you for this time. I thank you for camp. I thank you for bringing us back safe and sound. I thank you for every heart that was changed and reconciled back to you. I pray, God, that you would meet us right here. You're here, and I thank you. We worship you, Lord. Now let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you, bring you glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, although I would love to read you the entire book of Habakkuk, it would only take eight minutes and 45 seconds. It would probably still be a little too long for right now. So I want to encourage you to read it on your own. It won't take long. You can do it in one setting. It is a very intense book, but a quick read. And I think you would enjoy getting through a book of the Bible in less than 10 minutes. Now, in the study of homiletics, the art of preaching, we're taught to read the passage until you can see yourself in the passage. This is a pretty common rule of thumb. So as I've read Habakkuk over and over again, I keep this thought in mind. Where do I find myself in the book of Habakkuk? There are no women mentioned in Habakkuk, not even one woman. Furthermore, Habakkuk is a mature Jewish man in the 7th century Judea, I'm a young black woman. You didn't have to. <laughs> Middle-aged black woman, fine, in 21st century America. <laughs> Me and Habakkuk's life, were, it's different. Funny enough, after reading the book of Habakkuk a few times, I found the prophet Habakkuk and I, we have more in common than I thought. And as we go through the book of Habakkuk today, I think you'll see why and maybe Maybe you'll find the same is true about you as well. What I've grown to know about Habakkuk and me is that Habakkuk was asking something too. Habakkuk was burdened with something too. Habakkuk was unsatisfied with something too. And Habakkuk had to make a choice too we will begin with Habakkuk was asking something too. Like me, as I read this, I found Habakkuk was asking something. Let's begin in chapter one, verse two. Habakkuk's complaint. How long, O Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. Violence is everywhere. I cry, but you do not come to save. Must I forever see these evil deeds? What's going on here? Habakkuk, he lived and this book was written over 600 years before Jesus was born and over 25 years from our present time. And yet it feels like Habakkuk is asking some of the same questions that we ask. He asks questions like these. How long, O Lord, must I call for help? Must I forever see these evil deeds? Why must I watch all this misery? Because of questions like these. Habakkuk is known as the who questions God. He sought to know why there was so much evil in the world. He asked why wicked why wicked people got away with things. He asked tough questions like regarding why, how, when. I love this because it shows that it's okay for us to bring our questions and even our complaints to God. That's good news. But that's not all Habakkuk's doing here because Habakkuk isn't just asking something. He's lifting something up. We know this because his book begins with a specific subject line. Habakkuk begins with the word complaint. It's the word massah in the Hebrew language, meaning burden or a thing to be lifted up. This tells us there are more than just questions that Habakkuk is asking. Mere questions are stuff like my kids ask me. Mom, what's for dinner? Chicken. Mom, are we there yet? No. Mom, do we have to do our Kumon? Yes. Kumon, supplemental math and reading. You gotta do it, because I paid for it, do it. Those are questions. But Habakkuk, that's not all that he's doing. Habakkuk isn't just asking questions, he's lifting up a burden. Do you do this or is this uncomfortable for you? For decades, it was uncomfortable for me. For decades, I talked to God with questions and burdens in my heart as if he couldn't see them, not knowing that it was okay to outright ask God questions and lift those burdens and complaints. Even even we can even wait for a response. God already knows our thoughts. He knows what's in our hearts anyway. The psalmist says, you know my sitting down and when I get up. You understand my thoughts afar off. We all have a burden to be lifted up or that we should be lifting up. Yeah. Listen, so many of the prophets, they had burdens. That's actually part of what made them prophets. Isaiah had a, a burden, Isaiah had a lot of burdens, yeah. burden of Moab. Damascus, Egypt, Duma, Arabia, Jerusalem, Tyree, just to name a few is more. Man had a lot of burden, he was burdened. Isaiah, Nahum, Malachi, some of the prophets that you'll get to experience during this series, they all had a burden. In the same way you and I have burdens that we've got to lift up to God. Your burden may not be my burden, and my burden may not be your burden but still the fact remains that God has called us individually and collectively to lift our burden to him. God is big enough to take it. So Habakkuk gives it to him. <laughs> Habakkuk asks God about his burdens. Do you, do we? We can, we can get, we get to. Not that, that we can't, we get to. It's a privilege to lift our burdens to a holy God. But what was Habakkuk's specific burden? Let's take a look. Because Habakkuk was burdened with something too. What was his burden? Let's try to see. Why must I watch all this misery wherever I look? I see destruction and violence. I'm surrounded by people who love to argue and fight. The law has become paralyzed and there is no justice in the courts. The wicked far outnumber the righteous so that justice has become perverted. Habakkuk was burdened with something I think we all get burdened by. Habakkuk was frustrated with the injustice he saw around him. Courts don't work right. Courts that convict the innocent or forgive the guilty. People who love to argue and fight. He didn't know it. I believe Habakkuk was prophesying about the development of social media and talk radio. (laughs) So that's a word. There was fighting everywhere then and there's fighting everywhere now. Online fighting. Fighting on the airplanes. Fighting in the homes. Fighting in the streets. Habakkuk is saying it feels like The fighting and injustice is getting worse around me right now and I don't know what to do about it. How many of us feel that right right now? I do. And I know we can easily not want to talk about injustice. Up to a point, Habakkuk didn't want to talk about injustice either. I mean, he asked, why do I have to look at it? It's miserable to look at. I'd rather talk about anything. I'd rather look at anything else. Why do, I, why do we feel like this? Why do we feel like this about injustice? Why would we, like Habakkuk, not want to talk about it? Two reasons I think we cannot want to talk about injustice. It's exhausting. I don't think anyone who's a peacemaker, anyone who really wants peace, wants to talk about injustice, but sometimes the first step to bringing Peace And the first thing to do when you have a heart to be a peacemaker is to humbly point out what needs to be prepared in a relationship. Second reason I think we don't wanna talk about injustice is if we or someone we we love haven't experienced injustice recently, it can feel like a faraway topic. But the Apostle Paul reminds us that we get to bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. And in a church like Mosaic, look around. It's different here. That's something special. We get to bear each other's burdens. Isn't that amazing? Bearing each other's burdens of injustice is how we can show love to one another. It's one way that we fulfill Christ's law of love. I know I want to fulfill the law of love, I think we all would say we want to do this in bearing one another's burdens when our sisters and brothers have been affected somehow by injustice is one way that we can do this. So, Habakkuk, he lifts up his burden about injustice. How will God apply? reply, he, and this is amazing, it's an astonishing evening, the Lord's reply. Lord replied, Look around all the nations. Look and be amazed. For I am doing something in your own day, something you won't believe if someone told you about it. And I am raising up Babylonians, a cruel, violent people. They will march across the world and conquer other lands. That's not what I was thinking, God. You caught me. You got me saying something shocking here. In response to the injustice of my people, I'm going to allow a foreign people to conquer them, the Babylonians, and one day he did. This happened, 586 BC, the Babylonians conquered Judah, the southern kingdom of Israel. It was tragic, it was sad, and this is what a lot of the Old Testament is written about. Books like Lamentations, Daniel, and Ezekiel, just to name a few, they all point to this sad time in Judah's history, this is shocking. God was going to deal with injustice of his people by allowing an even more unjust group of people to come in? Yeah. Don't worry. God dealt with the Babylonians. He dealt with their injustice. And he'll deal with the injustices that we face too. God sees it all. They say, don't nobody get away with nothing. He sees it all. But can I be honest for a moment? Maybe like some of you might be struggling with this right now, I struggled with this text because it includes things like punishment, sin, injustice. Those are hard words to hear or to talk about in a modern time like our world. I know these are hard to hear, but consider this, how many of us who call ourselves Jesus followers would say, we, when it's appropriate, should lovingly, graciously, humbly speak against the things that the Bible speaks against. We're called to do it. Miss Sheila Chopin says sin is sin. We've got to call it out. But again, it's no fun speaking against anything. I would much rather speak about things that I'm for. I'm for whitewater rafting. <laughs> My friends are like, she changed one week and she is changed, who is she? I, I'm for extended vacations. I'm for a rainstorm in Austin so that my grass can recover from this heat. I'm for these things. These are, you'll, you'll hear us at Mosaic talk about the things that we're for. We're for things like the love of God, the care of God, his mercy, his grace. All these things are true. I'm really only talking about this because Pastor Morgan made me. <laughs> I'm gonna talk about injustice. I'm just kidding. I'm not kidding. (laughs) He he had a hard one last week too. Prostitution. Nobody wants to talk about prostitution in church. Prostitution or injustice. I'll take injustice. (laughs) My point is this. We can speak about, we we can speak about injustice because like Rebecca shows us, the Bible speaks about injustice explicitly and over A third of the books of the Bible speaks about injustice, which means that implicitly, one of the main narratives of the Bible is God's plan to redeem the injustice brought about by sin. So to not talk, preach, speak against injustice is not to present the gospel in its entirety. Habakkuk was burdened by injustice and the people of God should be too. He talked to God about it, but, and this is how you know he was just like me and probably us, Habakkuk wasn't satisfied with something too, never satisfied. He was unsatisfied with something. He didn't like God's answer. How many of us don't like God's answer sometimes? I know I don't. This prophet of God, the prophet of God, he's got a book in the Bible, he didn't like God's answer. So Habakkuk, God bless him, he comes back around again with a second complaint. He's brave, consistent if nothing. Habakkuk's second complaint. He says, oh Lord, my God, my holy one, you are eternal. Surely you do not plan to wipe us out. Oh Lord, our rock, he's reverent. You have sent these Babylonians to correct us, to punish us for many sins, for our many sins, but you are pure and cannot stand the sight of evil. I know your character, God. Will you wink at their treachery? Should you be silent while the wicked swallow up people more righteous than they? Mm. I hear you, Habakkuk. All right, y'all in July. My family, we traveled to Ohio. Sorry, not to get the escape from the heat. Somebody's from Ohio. Bless God. <laughs> They're watching. Praise God. Uh, so, not to escape from the heat. We, for 13 years, we did a, a camp there, a football camp, life skills camp for the girls. We were bringing NFL coaches, players, play, players, so that the kids can feel love. For years, this was like the murder capital of the world, so, of the nation, sorry. And so, we would bring people here so that they can feel love and know, like, just see another another part of life, right? Um, in the pandemic, we kind of paused on that, but we still go there to be with our family, to be with our friends, to go and have touch points at the schools there and touch points with the students. Well, my husband and my kids, they flew in to Ohio the day that Jalen Walker in Akron was, was killed. And like many people, my family and I were dealing with the pain of another death. Please hear me. I don't say Jalen's name to push an agenda. I am grieved by the entirety of this situation. It's a tragedy all around. I have friends, I have family that are police officers. They feel the weight and the burden of this too. They feel and know the tragedy of this too. This makes their life hard too. This is the reality of our world and I'm not here to talk about trial or evidence. What I'm talking about is another life taken that feels way too close to home. It is a burden that I carry and I am not created to carry this burden alone. We all get burdened by things. This is something that burdens me the news of Jalen's death, it hits close to home because not only was it just 50 miles from where we were in Youngstown, but also I have a husband, a son, nephews, cousins that look a lot like Jalen. That week specifically, many of my nieces and nephews, they were there visiting and on July 4th, I cooked breakfast for them and I called them all into the kitchen. their their dads, their uncles, and I began to pray. We've talked to the boys before about respect and authority, about not playing in the front yard with water guns and stick guns and Nerf guns. We've talked to them about what to do if you were approached by an officer. We've talked to them about hoodies and walking at night and playing basketball in the park. It feels like we've talked to them about every possible scenario in which they could be or considered a, a threat. But that day, instead of talking to them this time, that day, I began to talk to God. Like Habakkuk, I poured out my complaint before a holy God. It's not the first time that I've prayed for the boy's protection and laid my complaint before God on their behalf, but because I and Habakkuk have a personal struggle with impatience, Sometimes God's first reply is just not enough to satisfy us. And so I lifted up my burden that day again, and you should too. And if you're saying right now, that's right, we should keep lifting it up, keep talking about this. On one hand, you're absolutely right. Conversation can't stop. But on the other hand, look at what happens this time. Look at how Habakkuk closes his complaint. I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post there. I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. He vocalized his complaint, but he did two things as he lifted his burden and made his complaint. He acknowledged his own responsibility in the world. He said, God, I'm not just going to complain, I'm going to climb. I'm going to climb up and be a watchman at my post. I'm not just going to hold you responsible, I'm going to hold me responsible. You see, y'all, these stone ramparts, they they were watchtowers built on the city walls during this time so that the watchman could see, climb up and see the enemy coming. They had two jobs, they were to, to watch for the enemy to come in and also to watch for messenger. It was an active job. The watchman sat with expectation night and day. God told Isaiah, go, set a watchman. Let him declare what he sees. Y'all, I just spent a week with some young boys and some young girls that they, they need watchmen, somebody to stand on watch, stand at their guard post, stand and seek God on their behalf. They need some intercessors, people that are willing to check their blind spots. They need people that are keep watch night and day so that they won't be taken, overtaken by the enemy. And just in case the Lord has a message for them coming, they need someone to watch and stand guard for them. Our babies are hungry and they're thirsty for righteousness. They're asking God to fill them with this Holy Spirit. They're asking for their hearts to be changed and renewed, their minds to be renewed. They're experiencing God break chains that weighed them down over the last years. Will you stand guard for them? They need watchmen. Habakkuk said, I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post to see how the Lord will answer. Where is your watchtower? Where is your guard post? Because that's where we go to see how, not if, how the Lord will answer. But second, as he closes his complaint, he made space for God to correct him. He said, I will wait to hear what God will say back to me. Do we do this? Or do we just vent our frustrations? Are we open to God, to open for God to correct us, adjust our complaint? Or do we assume that we're right? Habakkuk, he never assumed he was fully right or he could fully see everything. Instead, he assumed something else. Do you know what Habakkuk's assumption were? He assumed that God knew better than he did. He assumed that God was sovereign. He assumed that God knew what he was doing. I know I'm tempted sometimes to believe that my timing and my way is better. God, you're not listening to me, it's better. But I also recognize that the God of the universe, he has the universe in mind, and I am incapable and unqualified for that responsibility, and when I recognize that, I also realize that I have, to have a choice to make, and that's number four. Habakkuk, he had a choice to make, too. Habakkuk had a choice to make, and so do we. Here's the choice. To let injustice, or even the notion of injustice, destroy you, or Live by faith. How can we do the second? How can we live by faith? Let's look at God's reply. The Lord's second reply, then the Lord said to me, write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. This vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, Wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. God starts by saying, on one hand, there's a plan in progress. There's a plan in the works for injustice. There's a plan for for pain. There's a plan for violence. There's a plan that has been in place since the beginning of time. The Lord tells Habakkuk that if the plans seem slow in coming, wait for it it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. And while it referred specifically to this plan to allow judgment to fall on the unrighteous Israel, it also hints at something greater. It hints at his heart to give us confidence as we see injustice all around us. And what is one of the most quoted scriptures in the new testament god gives habakkuk some insight to assist us in our choosing he says but the just shall live by faith you can memorize that the just shall live by faith what's god saying here He's saying that even though things look bad now and even if they get worse, the ones who really know me, the the truly just ones, are not going to live by anger on one hand or indifference on the other hand. They're going to live by faith. Faith that I, God, see and that I know and that I will bring justice on the earth. Now, Habakkuk had to take God at his word, he just had to believe what God was saying. But we have way more than that. What Habakkuk only glimpsed in part, we get to see in full. Because one day, what came on Israel in part long ago would come on Israel's suffering servant in full. Judgment came on unrighteous Israel through unrighteous Babylon, but On the cross, righteous Jesus of Nazareth took the punishment that we deserve and the world deserves for all the injustices. Israel sinned and suffered, but Jesus suffered though he never sinned. And the New Testament writers, they looked at Jesus and said the seed of what God showed Habakkuk was revealed in Jesus, revealed in full. They could see then And we can see now that Jesus of Nazareth, he took the punishment that he did not deserve so that we could get the blessings that he deserved. Habakkuk had to take God at his word, but we now, we have the word of God made flesh. And we can live by faith that the justice of God is truly just. And we can know that what Christ began at the cross, he will finish in his return. And when we live by faith, In that truth, a just God making a way for us to live now and and with him for eternity, though no man can stand before him, we can rejoice. And that's exactly what Habakkuk did. Habakkuk's prayer, even though he says, the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crops fail and the fields lie empty and barren. Even though, he says, the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, able to tread upon the heights. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. Woo! He affirms God's goodness in the face of an uncertain future. Can we do the same, y'all? Can we affirm his goodness? Habakkuk called him the God of my salvation. David said he's a rock of my salvation. To, To Isaiah, he was the horn of my salvation. All pointing to a source of salvation that was outside of themselves because they recognized that they were incapable of saving themselves because salvation belongs to God. That plan that Habakkuk got a, a glimpse at, that was Jesus. He's the hope for injustice. His sinless life, sinner's death, borrowed tomb, and the resurrected body, that's the plan fulfilled. Amen. As we close, y'all, I want to do something a little bit different. I told y'all I'm a camp high. I'm just, I'm up here. It's going to take a minute to come down, but I want to challenge you. We've heard a lot in this message. We've seen our kids come back on fire for the Lord. We've seen how God's moved in their lives. I wanna pray for two groups today. But first, if you haven't received Jesus as your savior, I wanna give you the opportunity to do that. If you don't know Jesus, if if you can't call him your salvation, if you don't know him as a savior, I wanna give you the opportunity to say, yeah, I want to know him as my savior. Then also, if this message struck you, maybe you're like Habakkuk. You found yourself in the book of Habakkuk too, and you said injustice is wearing me out. You find yourself maybe feeling the pain down deep. It's, it's almost like it's cancerous. It's making me so angry and bitter, and I'm different from what I, I used to be. I, I don't want to be anger and bitter anymore. I understand the heaviness of injustice so I want to pray with you but maybe maybe injustice feels far from you maybe you're a little bit indifferent about it you're saying it's not that big of a deal I want to remind you that we are we're made we're created as this family this beautiful family to carry each other's burdens it makes the burden a little bit lighter many hands make light work I want to invite you to be prayed for too. For anybody who moves, there's a second group I wanna pray for. This group, we need some watchmen. These babies came back on fire for the Lord and I can already see hints of the enemy trying to snatch that seed out of them, but I need some climbers, somebody that will climb the watchtower and stand at their guard post and look out for the enemy coming and look out for a message from the Lord. So if you find yourself in any one of those categories, and listen, nobody knows what category you're in, so there's no shame. I wanna ask you to stand. And I'm gonna just begin to pray for us. Our kids got so bold, they just ran to the front and just fell out on the front at the camp. So I'm just asking you to stand. Nobody's looking, don't even worry. Turn the lights down. (laughs) We're gonna begin to pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for every heart that you have gathered here, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for their hearts to be in your house, God, to be a part of this family at Mosaic. Lord, we invite you in, Lord. You know every situation, every heart here. You know every home. You know everything. And I thank you that you have the universe in mind. And now, God, as your sons and your daughters stand with a specific thought in mind. I'm asking that those that are suffering, feels like they're suffering from this pain of injustice, it just won't go away. Every time I open the news, every time I turn my My head is more injustice. They're feeling it. It feels too close to home. God, I'm asking you in the name of Jesus to touch their hearts, God, and touch their minds, God, and touch, God, where it feels like it just won't get out of their heart. God, I'm asking in the name of Jesus that you would bring their hearts peace. And I'm asking for their brothers and sisters to come alongside and bear that burden too. Maybe if they just need someone to listen to them, if they just need someone to confide in God, I'm asking that you would send them that somebody, Lord. I'm asking for healing, God, where it feels like that injustice has become cancerous in their body. Healing, God. Healing where it feels like their tears would just keep soaking the pillow. Healing, God. Healing and a reminder from their holy God that you see it all and nobody gets away with nothing. Reminder, God, for those that feel indifferent, Lord. I'm asking you that to touch that indifference, God. I understand it may feel far from them, Lord. And there's no shame there. But I'm asking, God, that you would... Show them how to come alongside their sisters and brothers so that they can help collectively carry this burden of injustice, God. I thank you for the beautiful family that you've brought here to Mosaic, God. It's such a special opportunity that we get to bear one another's burdens, God. Help us to do it well, God. Thank you, Lord, for your plan. Thank you that vengeance is yours, God. You will repay, but we get to lift that burden to you, God, and so we lift it, God. And then, Lord, for our watchmen, those that are committing to watching out. They'll look for the enemy coming. They'll look for a message from the Lord. I'm asking that you would bless their eyes right now. Give them spiritual eyes to see. Give them strength to stay up, God, even if it's late in the midnight hour. We need the watchmen night and day, God. Give them strength, God, when they wake up at 3 a.m., God, to, to fall down on their knees or maybe stand in prayer out crying out to a holy God. I thank you for the watchmen that will see the violence coming towards our schools and rebuke that violence in the name of Jesus. I thank you for the watchmen that are coming God, climbing the wall, God, they'll see the message from the Lord and speak gently to our children, God, to keep them on track, God, of hearing your word and knowing your word and reading their Bibles, God, and following you. I thank you, God, for people coming to disciple them. Oh God, cover our children. I plead the blood of Jesus, God, as they are going back to the schools, God, I pray you're covering over their hearts and over their minds. I'm asking you to seal what you have placed in them, God. Don't let the enemy try and snatch it. We rebuke the enemy in the name of Jesus and we call him out right now. You cannot have your hands on our children, hands off our kids. The blood of Jesus is against you. I thank you for healing our kids, delivering God. I thank you for peace. I thank you for the power of the Lord that goes with them and before them and all around them. I thank you God that they have power and authority over the school that they walk in the hallways. God, I thank you God. We call them blessed God. We thank you that they have favor of the Lord. God, thank you for this family that you've given us. Help us Lord to love each other well, to carry the burden alongside each each other, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more info about how to get and stay connected to Mosaic Church, please visit us online at www.mosaicchurchaustin.com or download our app from your app store.